Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. So welcome back to the X-Files Revisited and this time you're on to episode 8 of season 1 and this one is entitled Ice. Now Brian, we've been hearing this for the past few episodes, this is one of your favourite episodes. So yeah. I guess we're going to get to it and figure out how good this one really is. So this one, it, it feels, just straight off the bat, it feels like a sort of low budget episode, but not in the way it looks or it is. It feels as if they've been told that, you know, you need to curb things, so they've got one location, they've only got six actors in mm-hmm. total, yep. so they've had six actors, they've got one location, make a story, mm-hmm. see what happens, and sometimes the best things occur from being confined yeah. within your artistic approach to something, as I think we're going to discuss in this one, because I, I won't lie straight off the bat, Great episode. Yeah, really like this one. It's it's often the mother of invention, isn't it? When <clears throat> when you're very limited in your resources, that becomes the mother of invention. You're forced to do the best with what you've got, um, mm-hmm. and I think that is absolutely true here with this episode. Yeah. So we'll just jump straight into the start of this episode, and it opens in Alaska. And we're in the, inside a small building there, and it's in complete disarray. We open up on a dog that's uh, rooting around in the rubbish, which is very similar to a movie that this episode seems to be based almost upon, The Thing, because that opens up with the husky, the dog rushing through yeah. the city snow. It's a that. definite reference. It's a definite reference. Oh, absolutely. And then you, you have a man who's obviously been through <coughs> something traumatic and <laughs> he goes over to a camera and says the, 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 the delightful phrase we are not who we are yeah um, and then two guys another guy appears and the two guys struggle and they, they pull guns on each other it's a Mexican standoff they're holding it and then they kind of lower their guns and you're like okay this seems to be calming down this is quite good but they're mimicking each other the full yeah. time yeah. and one of the guys puts the guns to his head the other guy does the same. You see the outside of the shack and you hear two gunshots. And then the theme music starts. Yeah. I mean, what what a hook straight from the start. Yeah. yeah? Absolutely so brilliant questions. Yeah. It's just, it's just just really claustrophobic, kind of tense opening, but just really intriguing. You want to know what what is happening here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know it's it's a place where you can't survive outside the city shack that they're in. Mm. It's the place that they're in. This is their home. It's wrecked completely. These guys are running about. One of the guys is bare-chested in the middle of the Alaskan wilderness, you know, covered in blood, sweat, whatever. There's a dog just roaming about in this place as well, and you're like, what the hell is going on? What's happened to these guys? Um. And it's one of the best openings in any of the X-Files episodes that we've seen so far. Definitely, yeah. 
So we go to the theme music and then we go straight into a video of the team in Alaska and Mulder tells Scully about the guy's scientific uh, drilling through centuries-old ice to, to find say, a history of the world, almost. Mm-hmm. And then we jump to the next video that we've seen the guys actually making where they started to fight. Yeah. And Mulder's like, what, what happened between video A to video B a week later? Yeah. The, Mulder actually doesn't look all that impressed to be going on this assignment. He tells mm. Scully, he drops this line where he says, bring your mittens, and then he kind of walks off, and the look on his face is like, I so do not want to be going there right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he mentions in this about the weather there, so they have a limited time span. They need to get in and out in mm. three days. Yeah. And do whatever they need to do. So you already know that there's a time scale on it. You know that something bad's happened. It's an extreme location. And again, it's just racking up that kind of questions and tension before they even get there. That's something I find about the script for this episode. There's nothing in there in this script that doesn't need to be there. It's all very tightly woven together. It's all really brilliantly edited from a script standpoint. All the pieces of the puzzle feed into that build-up of tension um, and that build-up of mystery. And it's just, yeah, fr- from a script standpoint, this this is an episode that definitely, definitely feels like a movie. They could have they could have fleshed this yeah. out to a two-hour movie, and it would have made a brilliant X Files film. Mm-hmm. So we're at the airport, and we have the guy. Denny, listening to the, the game recording, an old game recording, <laughs> yeah. which just tells you everything about that character. <laughs> then you have uh, Xander Berkeley turn up as Dr. Hodge. Mm. Um, and you've got a, another person with him, Nancy. Yeah, played by Felicity two... Huffman. You don't know Felicity Huffman? I can't say that I do. Oh, no. good grief. I know the name, but... Man, she's she's a she's a fantastic actress. Um, yeah, she's she's done some really great performances in in some films, but most people will know her from Desperate Housewives. I, it's not really a series. Oh right, yeah, 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 not really a series I watch, but um, I do really appreciate her as an actress. She's she's a great actress. This was a this this was probably the first thing I ever saw her in, to be honest. But I've seen her in films where she's re- she's delivered. I I know she's got the chops. So, and Xander Berkeley, so, I like anyway. I'm I'm a fan of Xander yeah. Berkeley. I really really like him. We we both yeah. we both liked his little stint in Terminator Two uh, on the, on the podcast for that. But yeah, an actor I really like. So, right, if you're going to get just a few actors together for an episode, you know you're you're enclosed oh. in one location. You've only got a few actors to work with. They've clearly gone for some really decent actors here. I think. Yeah, so they've got these guys just standing in the airfield waiting in the pilot to turn up. And what I really like about this scene, and this is definitely on hindsight, because initially when you've got Dr Hodge asking to see everybody's ID, ID you're just like, all right, this guy's quite paranoid. Mm. But, you know, by the end of the episode, everybody's going to be as paranoid <laughs> as that, if not more so. <clears throat> um, but they all kind of have a look, at, a look at each other when he asks to see everybody's ID. Mm. You've got the paranoia creeping in at the airfield before things take a turn south. 
and then you have Bear turn up, the the, the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> who we've I've seen in loads of things as well. Um, and he turns up and he's just carefree, don't care, this is a job, I'm just here to do it. Dr. Hodge turns around, can I see your ID? And he's just like, no, no, you can't. Yeah, can, can I see your credentials? <laughs> it's like, the only credentials I've got, Paul, are that I'm the only person willing to fly you up there. So get your yeah. ass on the plane, basically. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a fun little character, just that don't care who you are, just get your ass on the plane. Hmm. And then... It jumps straight to the city Alaskan base and they're entering into where the scientists have been living for the past so long. And the first thing I noticed about this one was the lighting. Mm. The lighting is, is super creepy, super spooky. It's yeah. all kind of haunted house lighting almost. Yeah. And it just it, it looks a step above general TV stuff. Mm. You know? Definitely. And the, the X-Files have done that before in previous episodes and I'm no doubt we'll do it in further episodes as well. Where it looks cinematic, mm, definitely. They make just they just make really good use of their location. Um, yeah. I th- I think, like we said before, you know, when you're limited, you're forced to up your game. And I think when when you're not dashing about to location to location to location to location, you can mm-hmm. afford to spend a couple of days really just getting used to that location, getting to know it from a lighting standpoint and really getting your setup spot on. So you know that once those actors have rehearsed and they're on set, you've got nothing else to do. Um, and, yeah, that clearly shows, I think, like you say, it's, one, it's really well lit. It looks looks beautiful. And one of the characters goes to do something. Mulder stops him and says, no, we need to document everything on the scene straight away. Mm. So you've got Scully take, uh, taking pictures, which has got a nice, nice uh, flash of light, just to make things even more spooky around about the whole yeah. place. Yeah. Mulder I... explores, and they find the the ice in the fridge. Now, this was the only thing in the episode. That I can't, one of the few things that just kind of niggled me a little bit, because it, it does a slow zoom onto the ice that just lets you know that there's something in there that's to be taken notice of. Yeah. You know, I wish it was just a, a, I open the fridge or there's ice, close the door. They don't really mention too much about it. They keep the air a mystery on it. But by having that lingering shot on the ice, you're like, okay, that's got something to do with these guys and what's happened to them. Mm. Yeah, that, that, so that, that got... really doesn't bother me, to be honest. If, if I'm... I mean, the episode is still great. It's still a great mm. episode, and it's just a small niggle. But I don't it, remember it, this one. Right. It's just it's, it's still it still sets up the intrigue, though. It's not like with the last episode, Ghost in the Machine, where at the beginning we get that little panel on the computer, and the computer says something, and you know right off the bat, right in the introductory scene, this is an AI episode. What we're dealing with here is artificial intelligence. No mystery left. It's not like that with this. We we like to say you get that slow zoom into the ice. Okay, you know this ice has got something to do with what's gone on, but that's it. Mm-hmm. The question is, what does it have to do with it? So the intrigue is still there, the mystery is still there. So yeah, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say it's, it's a negative at all because I think this is probably. I can see coming the end of the, the the season. This is going to be one of the top episodes anyway. Mm-hmm. That that's enough. It's just a small quirk that I would maybe 
if I had a chance to take out. But it is part and part of the TV, the way they made TV shows then, and the way they made the X Files as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just sort of linger. But it, it's not anything that's going to waste the episode, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next scene we have is the dog attacking Mulder. Yeah. Um, and you know, <clears throat> even though Mulder gets sideblind, doesn't see the dog coming, it just attacks him. He, thankfully, he's okay. The only person that gets uh, bit is Bear, the pilot who comes to Mulder's aid. Well, actually, um, doesn't the woman also get scratched or bit or something? Or got or she got his blood on her or something like that? I'm sure there's um, a. I think there's possibly. A, yeah, because I'm sure there's a reference. Oh no, that's no. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Scrap okay. that. Edit that out. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm leaving that in. Brian, you said you were a fan of this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so the dog, the only person that gets hurt is Bear, who gets a pretty nasty looking wound, to be fair. And mm. just to show you how much a, a badass he is, he's just like, give me the stuff, I'm going to clean it and fix it myself. Yeah. So they have the dog, they start to do an examination of the dog because they sedate it. Yeah. And they find. Uh, these black nodules on the dog, yeah, and you know, kind of like just surmise that it has to be the bubonic plague, or something <laughs> nefarious like that. Um, but then they see something moving under the skin. Yeah, which is just very creepy. good. Yeah, <clears throat> very good special effect. I must say. I mean, this this was nineteen ninety three mm. when this was released, uh, and this this is a TV special effect. Really well done, and it still holds yeah. up even even now. It still looks very good for a TV special effect. Yeah, although <laughs> there's some later on that don't hold up as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, that that's an excellent shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just go straight to uh, Bear tending to his wound in a, a bathroom or something, and he lifts his arm, and he seems to have the black nodules already. Yeah. Yeah, it's like instantaneous reaction, isn't it, to getting infected by this thing. Um, now, if, if if I was to have a niggle about the episode, it would probably be that, just how quickly this thing starts to show symptoms. Um, that being said, you're dealing with something that doesn't really exist, so yeah. that they can make up whatever rules they want for it, but you feel like they've yeah, kind of got to speed the process along in order to keep the momentum of the episode going. So it doesn't really bother me. It's, you know, it, it, it it's there, it needs to be there, and why, why waste time with some other scenes between what we've just seen and, and then? Just get there, oh. which is what they do. So it's one of the things I like about the episode is that it does breeze along really nicely. Yeah, but you don't really get a passage of time either. So you know that... Uh, Bear gets attacked, they've sedated the dog, they mm. inspect the dog, they go back to Bear, he, his wound is now wrapped and tended at that point, yeah. and he feels something under his arm. So you don't know how long he's taken to do that, how long mm. he's been away, or, yeah. you know, that's, it could have been a period of time before, yeah. you know. It could, could have been a couple of hours, I reckon, I reckon it could have been a couple yeah, of hours. It could so. easily have been, it's just mm. because it's such a short time length of 40 two minutes they need to just hammer the points in mm. 
and it's one that I wasn't really hung up on too much. I, I'm I'm really stretching here, to be honest. It's like I always feel like I've got to I've got to find some of the you know if, if I'm going to have anything to complain about, I'll I'll try and find it. But it, it's stretching really, just so I've got something yeah. to to say. So then you've got uh, Mulder talking to Denny about the the satellite picture and the depth of the ice and the differential between what the scientists actually drilled to what the picture said that the ice was going to be, depth-wise. And then he mentions that it was a, a large concave void that they were drilling into, and instantly I'm thinking, they've drilled into a UFO. It's got to be. Mm. Um, turns out not to be that, but instantly that's what I'm thinking. They mentioned it's a meteor yeah. at that point. Yeah. But still, I'm thinking, oh, they've, they've drilled into a, a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Scully talks about the evidence showing that everyone killed each other or themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can't remember what what exactly she said there. Uh, I've, that's just my uh, note. Scully, Scully forms everybody that every person had ammonium hydroxide in their system mm, yes and Hodge mentions that the human body would naturally burn that up because of the temperature that we run at so it was impossible um, and then that's when Denny comes in and mentions that he's found something in the ice yeah so that's that's when they see the parasite uh, yeah they just mention he just mentions that it's strange readings and it's something that's never been found in Earth's atmosphere before mm. and then they have a look through the, the telescopic site thing, the microscope, and they discover this wriggly little worm. Yeah, I I love Bear's questioning of them because he comes in and he hears them talking yeah. about this this parasite and and this possible infection and th- that they might need to quarantine and whatnot. And he's he's so he's making it so obvious that he's got these spots. He's like, so these these spots. Uh, you, you don't think they've got anything to do with it, do you? You know that they're, they're, they're fine, right? If one of us had these spots, he may as well literally just put a neon sign above his head saying, "Hey guys, I've got those black nodules." Um, oh yeah, and and that along with the fact that he's got a mean sweat going on as well. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> he's just yeah, he's he's really looking like a guilty man at this point. Yeah, yeah, but the fact is as well, he's like, he's the pilot. He's just there to help them get there. They've got scientists, you've got FBI agents, mm. but he's the one with the most compelling argument to just get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah, and he, they're starting to buy it. You do genuinely feel sorry for this guy because. He's of the group. He's the grunt. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he he's the one. He's the the working class of this group. He's just he's just flown them up there, uh, as he says. I was hired to fly you up here and fly you back. Um, yeah. So you do feel really sorry for this guy that he's the first one to kind of bite the dust, so to speak. So they have a little tete a tete and. Scully wants to run tests on everybody and that's when she brings out the poo jars. <laughs> um, first of all, right, this place was trashed. Did those jars survive or did Scully bring them just in case she needed poo samples? Well, I, I think they probably did bring a lot of equipment. Um, but And 
how much fibre have they been eaten? Because those jars were pretty <laughs> big. <laughs> but yeah, they were like little uh, poo buckets, weren't they? But oh yeah, I I love. There's there's a line that Mulder drops uh, when he says, "Just to remind everyone, we b- before anyone passes judgment, we are in the Arctic." Oh, that's is that's that a way, is that oh that's on the second one isn't it that's when they yeah they test each other yeah. so many times in this episode Blood. good grief um, I'm just so doing... after the poo jars have been brought out the the pilot storms out he's just not having this why should he be tested he's perfectly fine <laughs> mm. and then um, he leaves and everybody has a little chit chat and decide that. You know what? They need. They can't take a plague back to humanity yeah. if there is such a thing. They need to get everybody tested before they can leave, yeah. and they want to make sure everybody gives their sample. So when Bear <coughs> comes back into the room, Mulder has his gun already drawn, and says to Bear that you know we need a sample. We need to test you. Bear's very compliant. He wants to help out. He goes to get his poo jar and promptly <laughs> smashes it over Mulder's head. Thankfully, empty. <laughs> I'd like and to just uh, point out as well that it's it's actually Scully who rugby tackles the guy to the yes. ground. <laughs> she Again, kicks ass. Saving the damsel in distress, <laughs> Mulder. The guy's about well, got to be twice the weight over and at least got two feet on her and she takes him down. If, if I'm getting into a fight with one of these guys, I can tell you right now, I'd, I'd rather fight Mulder than Scully because I think she would kick my ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. They take Bear down and then they throw him on the table and they start to see this thing wriggling in his neck. Mm. You know, <laughs> this is truly horrifying. They get the, they just cut him open. Yeah. And it's not as if they're gently digging about in there. You know, they're, 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 they're yanking something <laughs> they're out. They're t- t- tugging on, on that it. worm and it's like a piece of elastic that just keeps twanging back into his neck and it's just disgusting. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's... Usually... In these episodes of the X-Files, it kind of moves away. It doesn't show you things like that. Mm. And it doesn't even go in close to it. It stays far enough away. But it's such a disgusting shot. They've got <laughs> everybody holding Bear down. And this doctor, who seems to be using all his physical energy mm. to just pull this thing out. And it's the way Bear's moaning as well. He, he's just He's got yeah. this moan. like he's, He literally feel that this guy is in agony. Um uh-huh. Like I say, and he had no idea what they were going to pull out of his neck either. Yeah, just, yeah. It's good performances all round. Everyone is just really delivering on the performance side of things. And it's mm-hmm. just as well, when when he, when he Xander Berkeley's character finally pulls the worm from his neck and it's kind of wriggling about and you see it kind of spray this like jet black, black ink yeah. all over him, uh, which we later learn is like a defence mechanism that is probably the thing that killed Bear. Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah, the whole thing, from a special effects standpoint, from the performance standpoint, from the way that it's just directed, it's just really grade-A television. Oh, absolutely. It's it's fantastic, and it's a memorable scene within the episode of a great episode. And then you've got Mulder contacting Doolittle Air, uh, Airfield, and the three days that they had to do their mission has just turned into a matter of hours that they've got now. And he just asks if Bear's going to be okay to fly them out. And Bear is dead, yeah. like he said, because of the poison. Mm-hmm. 
So Scully, I think, has uh, examined the bodies of the scientists that were there previously and has a worm in a jar and says it's kind of similar to a tapeworm and all the dead bodies had them. And the worms make you more violent because they're, they're feeding off something which, a chemical that violence... Acetylcholine, yeah. So yes. it's, uh, it's all to do with the hypothalamus and mm-hmm. just how... Basically, because that the acetylcholine increases aggression, uh, they reckon that's the link, basically. So when this worm kind of feeds off that, it heightens the aggression in the human in the human person that has been taken over by it. Uh, and when it mentions hypothalamus in this movie, or in this film, uh, show, it just gave me flashbacks to The Relic. Because was that not what that was after as well? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Although the relic came much af- uh, came much after this actually a few years it certainly did. after this. Yeah. So just showing you that Eggsville is setting trends. Definitely, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely an influential show. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So Scully's double checking the bodies. Mulder comes in, and Mulder tells Scully that they need to keep the worm alive because mm. it's an alien and Scully outlies the threat that this thing has to humanity and how much that outweighs Mulder's need to prove that aliens actually exist yeah because cause this, this is his proof of life on other mm-hmm. planets so to him it's it's kind of his holy grail in in many ways but she's basically saying you know what the risk is just too much we need to kill it mm-hmm. we need to find out how the best way to kill it and, and get rid of it um, but obviously they get into a heated discussion which kind of sets off the paranoia levels on the rest of the team so yeah, this is where the paranoia really kicks in in the episode so you see the scientists outside the room um, they see them and it pretty much comes across as three kids listening to their parents fight mm. you know and they can hear like the argument set in and they start to talk about how the worm makes people more aggressive, more argumentative. Yeah. And they mentioned that Scully was sprayed with blood earlier mm. in the episode and that she could possibly be infected. So the three scientists almost confront Mulder and Scully. Mm. And but but the, the, they always make sure, though, that every, nearly every character at some point is a suspect. Because mm-hmm. when Xander Berkeley's character points out that Mulder that, that Scully was sprayed with the blood, Felicity Huffman's character says, "Well, you were sprayed too." So mm-hmm. it's like right there, you drop that line of dialogue, and it's like literally could be anyone. Maybe Scully is infected. Maybe Berkeley's infected. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, is are Mulder and Scully arguing because they have a genuine difference of opinion? Or is one of them infected and that's causing their aggression level to be heightened? Yeah. So the three scientists come in and pretty much just niggle at Scully to try and get a rise out of her. Mm. And she, you know... Yeah, she's like, what, she yeah, she's like what the hell are you trying to say? Um, yeah. Is, yeah, so... So Hodge that's, uh, decides that everybody needs to be examined. And Scully turns round and just says that everybody needs to be examined in front of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Which gets us to the strip-off scene. 
mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the, the the line that Mulder says, you know, yeah. before anyone passes judgment, may I remind you that we are in the artist, you know, <laughs> which we've seen him do before. He injects humour into these really tense sequences. You know, we've seen it before in uh, Deep Throat when they get pulled over in the car. Yeah. And Mulder cracks a joke. We've, we've seen this kind of behaviour before, mm. and it's almost like a defence mechanism to to put everybody else at ease. Yeah, definitely. So they do the, the inspection. They all check each other. Everybody's clear of these black <coughs> nodules that they're looking for. And you're thinking, as as a member of the audience, while this is going on and they're searching for these black spots, you're thinking exactly what Mulder tells Scully in just a few moments which is hey uh, well, Scully says Scully says well at least everyone is okay yeah yeah and Mulder's like well remember the spots on the dog went away and that's yeah. what I was thinking when they're, when they're all checking each other checking each other over I'm like this is a bit pointless because the spots on the dog went away so why even if you're checking for spots it doesn't matter they could have had them and they've gone uh, but it's, well, it's I had good. actually um, I had forgot about that. Right, okay. So when Mulder brings that back up again, I was like, oh, <clears throat> perfect. Yeah. Great, it could be any of them again. Yeah. And it's just the look that Scully gives him when he says that, as if just to say, like, you fucker, why did you have to? <laughs> it's like, I, I was going to sleep well tonight, but now yeah. now I'm boarding my door. So I, I, I love this moment, actually. We, so we get a brief glimpse into everyone's bedroom. And, yeah, uh, so, so, so we let, get... let's, start with Scully. let's start with Scully. So she walks in the room, and at first she just kind of like potters about. She looks at a little thing. She looks at a photo frame. She looks at a, a chest of drawers, things on top of it. And then she just drags that right front of the door and just sits down. And I was like, yep, yeah, here we go. Yeah. So who else that, we visit as well? Basically, I wrote, Scully blocks a door, Denny mm-hmm. listens to his tapes, Hodge... Staring ma- at the door. Yeah. Hodge makes a list. He's the one who, rather than getting all freaked out and stuff, he tries to be rational about it all, sit down and, and do a bit of detective work. Mm-hmm. Poor Felicity Huffman just kind of lies there crying. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't give her too much to do. They just... Uh, nope just make her cry but it does feed into your expectations they make her out to be the the, the weaker one the one who's just going to crumble under all the pressure i guess which 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 makes you suspect her least so i think that's very purposeful um and and then Mulder basically just sits by his gun with his shirt off I took it as Mulder just went to sleep. <laughs> like I literally took it as he just was like the only one that's like I'm. I'm going. To, I'm. I'm getting rest here. You know the worst thing we can do is all stay like up. So the the gun is close by hand, and he's the only one at rest. Because after this, if he yeah, but start but he d- he does look at that door though. He d- you never see him lie down. He puts the door on his bedside table. Sorry, he puts the gun on his bedside table, and then he looks over at the door. So clearly he's, you know, he's, he may go to sleep, but he ain't getting a restful night. But then Mulder startles awake. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's had a nightmare, which is, you know, my point exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he wakes up and from I was, a... Yeah, I thought he was 
going to call out the name of his sister or something for a moment. <laughs> I just I thought they were going to come back to that. But you hear a is it a door going? Mm, yeah. And he goes out to explore to see what's going on, and he's walking about with his gun, and he notices some blood dripping out of a fridge. And he goes over, opens it, and Denny's body falls out on top of him, just in time for everybody else in the building to rush out and see this dead body, and naturally assume that Mulder has just killed him. Yeah. Poor Denny. Out of all the characters, I was kind of hoping he'd be the one that would survive. He's he's basically the, the nice guy, isn't he? Um, but yeah, he cups it. We don't we don't see who did it, how it was done. Yeah, but this this was probably one of my favourite scenes, right? Which starts from here. Definitely, you've got things just amplify exponentially mm. when you have Mulder <clears throat> who suspects everybody and everybody <laughs> who suspects Mulder. Yeah, and it gets very quickly of two guns being pulled and partner versus partner. Yeah, a lot, lot of shouting. Screams. Yeah, Mulder screams at Scully and it's such an impactful scene. You're just like, oh, yeah. what's going to happen? I mean, you know they're not going to shoot each other and yeah. but still you're just like, wow, what a tense, super tense scene. But it's just that line that Scully drops as well. Mulder, you may not be who you are. And it's like, yeah. straight away, right, again, we're brought back to this idea that actually we could have the rug pulled from under, under us. Mulder could be infected. Um, and and it's, uh, that line seems to... So he convinced Mulder to give up his gun because the next mm. scene he's getting put in a room and another line that he just knocks out of the park is... In here, I'll be safer than you. Mm. As the doors getting closed on him, um, which I just I like that. There's so many lines in this yeah. episode that I just really liked, yeah. and that was one of them. So this is this is one of the strange sequences for me. Scully locks the door. Um, she's a little bit duplicitous about it. She doesn't know if she wants to or not, but she locks locks Mulder in it, and then she goes back into the room, and two of the scientists are sleeping, just in on desks in the middle yeah. of the room and she takes the, the chance to walk up and check Nancy in the back of the neck just to see if she's okay doesn't quite manage to do it mm-hmm. but she's starting to take her hair out of the way before Hodge stops her yeah yeah which if only had Ho- Hodge had let her finish <coughs> what she'd started yeah we would have finished this episode a lot quicker than we <laughs> yeah um... and that's when Hodge um, says to Scully about she's the only one with the gun. Yeah, so she discards the ammo, she takes the ammo out of the gun, throws it out, yeah. which... Even though it makes sense, you're still like, oh, don't yeah. do that. It's like, now you can't protect yourself. Um, yeah. So, But, you know, Sc- we, we've seen before, Scully's a, a hard case, so if anyone's going to survive in this, it's going to be her. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> So Scully attempts to send a distress call, and well, actually, just before that, there's a little bit of dialogue between the the three of them. So you've got Hodge, you've got the Felicity Huffman character. I can't remember her name. Uh, is it Nan- Nancy? That's it. So, so you got Hodge, Nancy, and Scully. And Hodge basically says, "Now's not the time for the three of us to start turning on each other." And it's like already in his mind, Mulder's gone, um, yeah. <laughs> and Scully's very quick to say there's four of us. 
there is still four of us and if Mulder's infected he needs help so it kind of it, it shows what what a bit of a heartless kind of guy uh, Hodge is he's he's more of a a pragmatist he's, he's very kind of self-preservation very much a scientist, I think, um, to run the risk of insulting many scientists. But So Hodge asks <coughs> Nancy to do a job and she messes it up, which gets him angry, which leads you to, is he the one that's infected? Yeah. Um, but all through this episode, and again, on hindsight, they're just surmising that the, the, the worm makes you angry mm. because of what happened to the guys. <clears throat> but what we've seen in this episode is Nancy being very emotionally shaken. When mm. they go to their bed, she's lying in her bed crying. When she's doing her job, she does it wrong and she gets upset. She doesn't get angry. She gets yeah. emotional. Yeah. You know, so they could have made the wrong uh, assumption about the worm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more... An anxiety kind of thing, and I th- and and I think with Nancy it's maybe a passive aggression, and I think yeah, because it could be a case of and and men uh, aggravates the testosterone mm. and creates a, an angry person, and the women uh, affects the estrogen and makes them more emotional. But the thing is, does does she does she get that blood sample wrong because she's tired? It's a genuine mistake. Or does she actually do it on purpose to sabotage Hodge's work so that he doesn't find out who the infected is? So, you know, you could look at it as she's not really in control or you can look at it as actually she's very premeditated and she's very manipulative. I think we do see quite a bit of manipulation coming from her in, in, in many scenes, like especially towards the end here. I mean, when Scully goes in to see Mulder a little later on, she, you know, she whispers some, some words into Hodge's ears that are specifically designed to manipulate the situation. Yeah. <coughs> in this case, it backfires on her because mm. the mistake that she made gives everybody else an opportunity to find the, to find the cure, which Scully does by looking through the microscope again. And she sees that when two worms are in the same host, they attack each other and somehow they both die. Yeah, well, I'm I'm guessing that's because of the poison, poison that they spit out. So maybe maybe it's like a bee kind of thing. So, you know, when, it, when a bee stings, it kills itself. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. It's not logical, but it's there, you know. Um, bees kill themselves when they when they attack, and maybe this is a similar thing. So when these worms attack each other, because they're not meant to to live in close proximity to one, to one another, so when they attack, they end up killing themselves. So when this episode <coughs> came out in nineteen eighty three, the thing had already built up a a sort of it'd been going it'd been ten years since the thing had come out, and people had probably seen the thing those who were watching X-Files anyway, and probably loved it as well. So you have this scene next where they're putting the worm into the dog's ear, mm. and it's in the cage, and I just kept having flashbacks to the thing where 
that scene with the dog in the cage and I'm like, what's going to happen here? Yeah. So it's played, in this case, it played on my subversions of that movie. Yeah. And although nothing really happens, for a moment I was still wound up and tense as to what could happen. Yeah. Obviously it's TV, the head's not going to split open and are going to come out. But we did see some uh, some dodgy stuff getting ripped out of a guy's neck, so there was that moment of, uh, you know, they could, they could show us anything here right now, yeah. to be honest. So, I mean, I know it's just that... When you're watching the episode, it seems fairly... That's what the dog's there for. They're going to test it on a non-human subject to see if it works. But I did have that fear that it was going to do something out of the ordinary. Yeah. Which is is good. Um, So, like you said earlier on, Scully goes to Mulder to convince him to take... Take a worm in the ear voluntarily. (laughs) Yeah. Hey Mulder, I know you don't think you've got one in you anyway, but can we put one in you just to make sure? Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, the thought of that crawling in your ear is horrible. It's like a flashback mm. to Rathacan almost. I was thinking Rathacan. That's exactly the yeah. film that was going through my head. Yeah, it's, it's horrible, <clears throat> horrible imagery when you think of something like that. Yeah. So Mulder and Scully and, check each other over while they're in there. Well, Scully's talking to Mulder and. She says something like, you know, you wouldn't let me check you. And he's like, well, I don't trust them. And he's like, do you trust me? And like, we're both here now. So Scully checks Mulder and sees that he's not infected, but then turns just to walk away. She doesn't think about, oh, I need to prove to him that I'm not infected. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is why she gets a fright when he grabs her. Mm. Um, but I had no minds that he was going to hurt her. I, I, I knew what he was going to do straight away. You know? like yeah. She has that little look of, is she going to get you know, attacked at this point? Mm. I'm pretty sure she could have defended herself <laughs> She'd take Mulder out No trouble <clears throat> So Mulder talks to him But while this is happening Outside the room you've got Hodge and Nancy talking And Nancy's whispering away And she's like you know he's going to Convince her mm. that he doesn't, he's Not infected and doesn't have to take the worm Yeah. And Hodge is just so He's already a naturally Paranoid person He's wound up <laughs> even more so by the time Mulder and Scully come out of the room, Nancy throws Scully into the room and locks the door and Hodge pins Mulder to the ground. Yeah. And they have this really elongated sequence of somebody carrying this worm <laughs> as it wriggles. I just, I just love seeing Scully with this huge drill, this, this metal bit at the end of a drill, uh, that looks like it should be being carried by some kind of machine, and she's just picking it up and whacking this this lock on the door. She's really hammering into it. Again, you just, you're just kind of sat there thinking she's just hard as nails. She's the John McClane of the two. Is it Hodge that has the the worm? Yes, he's, it, yes. he's well, bringing uh, it down. Uh, no, at first um, Nancy's got the worm. Mm-hmm. And she's about to put it in Mulder's ear when Hodge sees the worm wriggling around in the back of her neck. So he mm-hmm. pushes her out of the way and tells Mulder that it's her. At which point she proper freaks out oh, and just yeah. starts running around screaming and screaming and smashing things. So they unlock oh. unlock Scully. Scully kind of gets out and the three of them basically chase her down, chase Nancy down. Uh, Nancy gets a shot off on a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, before they bring her down but thankfully no one gets hurt Mulder and Scully pin her down and then Hodge brings the worm and sticks it in her ear mm-hmm. 
And yeah. Which, it, it makes you wonder, like, first of all, they didn't secure the weapon that they had. So, so you see early in the episode Scully bagging the weapon. They didn't secure it. They didn't even attempt to take any of the bullets out and separate it. They just <laughs> left, it a, left a loaded weapon lying in a drawer. I think it just had one left in the in the barrel, didn't it? Or was that one's all it takes, Brian? Well, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a lack of thought, you know. Um, but yeah, and then it's got a scene. I think this is this is away from the base. So you just got to assume that the, you know, somebody's came and helped them, took them away from the base, made sure everything's okay. You get Hodge saying that Nancy's fine now, and then you get. Mulder, who wants to go back and dig and research and find his alien, get his proof, yeah. you know, proving that everything he's done has been validated. And that's when Hodge just tells him, don't you know, hmm. every whole place has been burnt down. Yeah. Much to Mulder's shock and horror. Yeah, some government guys came in and uh, just be- yeah. basically torched the place. <coughs> um, but yeah. Uh, and it, it just ends on one of the, the best lines that I liked again, and it's, Mulder says, it's still there, Scully, 200,000 years down in the ice, which is great, and then Scully just comes back with, leave it there. Yeah. Um, which is a, a great finish to a great episode. Mm. Um, I think this is the best episode so far. It is a pinpoint precision TV making, whatever you want to call it, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It really carries across the paranoia in this episode. It turns friend against friend where you've got Molly versus Scully and a really Molly versus Scully. <laughs> you just said Molly versus Scully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where you've got Mulder versus Scully and a really impactful scene. But just thinks I think that's a fantastic scene. I love that that's the start for me. Out of this episode, where it's got a few outstanding scenes, that is the resounding memory I get from this one. It's just perfect in every way. It's fantastic. I could quite easily watch this one and repeat. Um, and it's a no-brainer, five out of five. It is. I I did. I have watched this one on repeat. I can't count the times I've seen this episode, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's about six or seven episodes from the first season that when I was in my teenage years, I would, I yeah, they'd always go on. Every week, they they were just on kind of constant rotation. And this was one of them. This is, you're definitely going to see this in my top five come the end of the first season. Um, what yeah, place I can imagine that it's going be, to be there. Yeah, it's just, even TV nowadays, most TV series that are on TV, I don't put out an episode as good as this. It's mm-hmm. just perfectly pitched uh, perfectly directed the performance is all around a spot on and the script is just it's a perfect script for, for, a, for a 40 minute TV show you can't really get much better in the script department it's really tightly written uh, really tense yeah perfect TV in my mind uh, 5 out of 5 definitely Good, and uh, next up is episode 9, and that is Space. I know zero about this one. <clears throat> is this a, is this a, 
a fall from grace after ice, right? It's a big step down. It's a big, right. big step down. It's it's very hard to come off the back of ice. I think if if they'd have if they'd have done it with Beyond the Sea, which is an episode coming up a, a few episodes from now, then they'd have done it. You'd have been like, blimey, two home runs straight after one another. But I think they probably saw that they had those two home runs and thought, you know what, better space them out a bit. Uh, I don't remember thinking that much of space other than the fact that it's actually quite forgettable. There's one scene in it that I do remember creeping me out, actually, uh, that kind of something to do with this ghost, ghostly face, this apparition face that goes over this guy's face. But I remember that creeped me out at, at the age that I first saw this. But beyond that, I, I don't think there's much else in the episode of note. But, you know, it's been a while since I've seen it, so who knows? I might get to it and I might completely change my mind. Well, I have noticed so far that you you don't get two fantastic episodes together so far. Like especially after the last five out of five that we had, which was uh, Squeeze, yeah. and then came Conduit, which was a fairly lacklustre. But who knows if Conduit would have been better if it wasn't if it didn't follow such a great episode. Mm. So I'll be interested to check out uh, Space and. Uh, just remember for everybody to join back and see us on the next episode of The X-Files Revisited. You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one.